Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back. So, <clears throat> this is just, um, it's not even a regular episode. This is just a quick, brief reaction of what happened, what I saw, what transpired um, through championship weekend with the 49ers Eagles and obviously the Bengals and Chiefs. Uh, and we have our we have our representatives from both conferences in the Super Bowl. So got the Eagles. Congratulations to the Eagles and the Chiefs for making it. Um, I know the Eagles, obviously, uh, under Nick Sirianni, they got they overachieved last year, came back this year with a really really nice squad and roster, and we we kind of all felt like they were going to be pretty good. Um, so they got here, and now the Chiefs is like you know. Third time in five years, um, and Patrick Mahomes, it's five years. In five years, they've made three Super Bowl appearances. Obviously, they won one. Obviously, they lost one. We'll see what happened here. And then the the other two years, they lost, like, they, they lost nail biters in the conference championship game. So, essentially, every year of Patrick Mahomes' career where he has been a starter, he has – He's been at the precipice of winning it all or being in the big game or actually even playing in the big game. So, yeah, this is like you guys know how we do this. This is like my instant quick reaction and just brief thoughts, firsthand thoughts that come to mind after the conclusion of these games. And we'll just start with the Eagles and 49ers. First and foremost, like I said, congratulations to the Eagles. I know the Eagle fans are rowdy, but congratulations to the Eagles. Uh, Well-deserved. And I'm I'm gonna get to them. I want to talk about the 49ers first, though. I felt like I felt like we were kind of robbed of a of a really good game. Like Grant, and I'm not like I said. This is what I'm saying. Congratulations to the Eagles because I don't want to make it seem like they um you know they didn't deserve the win because of the injuries. No, but I do feel like we were robbed. And a part of me even felt bad for, like, you know, some of the 49er players, um, and more so Kyle Shanahan, because think about it. As I was watching this game and as the game continued and as it got, like, you can tell the game became just, it was Philly, like, it became really, one, really one-sided and Philly was going to win it, right? I thought about availability. And I always talk about it, and I all you guys know my saying, the best ability is availability like the best ability is availability now I always say it and i don't say it as much because it can become a bit cliche and so forth but it's to tell the tape and it's it's it's, it's been proven to be true it always prove it remains to be true till this day the best ability is availability and you look at the 49ers situation all throughout the year when you think of the, the when you think of the 49ers quarterback situation this year the first word that comes to my mind is availability Trey Lance starter he was their week 1 starter he gets hurt season ending injury Jimmy Garoppolo then comes in he's the backup he gets hurt essentially a season ending injury Brock Purdy comes in, plays well, you know, he, you know, does what he need to do to keep the 49ers afloat, to get them to this point, um, into the playoffs and winning two playoff games in an, in the NFC championship game back where they were last year. He gets hurt, elbow injury. And then Josh Johnson, who let's be real, had no had no had no reason playing in this game, but push come to shove, injuries happen. He has to step in. 
he gets hurt. And now at the end of this all at the end of this whole game, the conclusion of this game, we have Christian McCaffrey behind center taking wildcat snaps. That's that that that's what Kyle Shanahan was working with. Um, and it gets to a point where like you can only do but so much. You know, like we found it remarkable that he was able to do what he was doing with Jimmy Garoppolo once Jimmy once Trey Lance got hurt. Then Brock Purdy comes in and we were like, Wow, Brock Purdy looks you know, he looks reputable. He looks respectable. And we're like, whoa, like the 49ers, like it can be one quarterback go down, two quarterbacks go down. Th- like they're fine. But in a game like this versus Philadelphia where with the remaining teams left, with the four remaining teams left, I thought Philadelphia had the best roster. It's the reason why they have 17 pro bowlers. Like, in terms of, like, if you combine Pro Bowl starters and then Pro Bowl alternates, the Eagles have 17 of those guys. Like, they have a really, really loaded roster. And between the four teams that were remaining, between the 49ers, uh, Chiefs, Bengals, and obviously the Eagles, Philadelphia, they have the most balance and the most talented, like, most talent on their roster. Um, Cincinnati secondary, uh, they, they, they got a couple guys that's out, um, you know, Kansas city, their secondary is kind of hit or miss at times can be spotty. So, and then you look at the 49ers, the 49ers have a really good roster. Don't have many holes, but I would point to what's the weakest part of their defense or the weakest part of their roster. Maybe, maybe like their secondary. So all three of those teams dealt with like. You know they, you know they, they could use another DB or two back there in the secondary. Where you look at Philadelphia from top to bottom, offensive line, they PFF rated them, graded them as the best offensive line in football, and you could really see that yesterday. Um, you can look at their 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 front seven in, in terms of what they got up front. Front seven, they control the line of scrimmage. I've always have said throughout the year. I thought the Eagles had the best combination of offensive line, defensive line. So you combine that and you compare it to anybody else in the league. I thought Philadelphia had the best offensive line and defensive line combination. You look at their linebacking core, you look at their secondary. That's that, that doesn't really get talked about much, but their secondary is really, really good. And they got and they have two corners back there that have had really good years um this year. Darius Slay, all pro and I thought Bradbury, I thought James Bradbury was, I thought he had a Pro Bowl caliber year as well. So you look at, they got nice slot corner, nickel corner. You look at what they got. Uh, I think they're safety led the league. Interest. Like, it's just, it's just talent everywhere. And that's why I said, you know, coming into this game last week, I said, hey, you look at the, you look at, you lift up the garage in Philadelphia, you look at their roster, you look at the 49, you lift up the garage. There's foreigns. There's there's nothing but premium exotic cars. We're talking Ferrari, Lamborghini, like port, like they got it all. Like these teams have it all. But the difference maker was definitely, you know, San Francisco not being able to have some type of availability at the quarterback spot, some type of durability at the quarterback spot. And I know I'm not sure. It's gonna be really interesting to see what the 49ers do because up until yesterday, it seemed like they were kind of leaning with Brock Purdy, but then he gets hurt. So now his availability and his durability is now in question. 
you know, Trey Lance obviously is the guy with the most potential and the most upside between the quarterbacks that they have right now. Um, he he brings the most upside and probably like the highest ceiling, right? But then you got guys on the market like Derek Carr, Tom Brady, who I'm sure the 49ers probably will be sniffing at, but I'm I'm not even sold if they will if they would make a certain move. Derek Carr, good quarterback, but like I said, Trey Lance has more of an upside. There's more there. There's more potential there where we, we kind of know what Derek Carr is. Obviously, he would look great in this. And I, I think he would look great in this system that Kyle Shanahan runs. But we kind of know what he is. Tom also 46. The, the, the Niners had a chance to make a move at Tom a few years back. They didn't pull the trigger. It seems a bit late. He's 46. Not to say it would it wouldn't it you know it wouldn't be a good move, but it's like uh, it's it feels like a one maybe two year rental, a one year rental. Like if we're being real, so um and I'm not even sure if Tom if if he wants to move back out west or if he want if he wants to move. So it we we all see how that plan how that pans out for them. But the mere fact that the Niners I didn't think they played a bad game. I just think the game. It was just insurmountable, and it got to a point where it's like, okay, Josh Johnson is now taking like actual snaps in the NFC Championship game. He just got back in the 49ers facility back in December, and he's going up against the best roster, the best roster, the best talent in football. Like, that's a tall task. I thought even that was a tall task for Brock Purdy as a rookie. I thought that was a tall task to ask of him to go into Philadelphia and beat that team. But now you're asking Josh Johnson, who shouldn't be taking snaps, shouldn't be taking – he shouldn't be nowhere near um, the field at this – I mean, like, that's like, you know, being real. Shouldn't be nowhere near the field at this point of his career during this time of the year. It was a tall task to ask. So when I – you know, you look up. The, the the 49ers, they were down 14 to 7 at one point. You're like, oh, four, down 14 to 7, and you're down to Josh Johnson as your quarterback. The deficit, no, it, it felt like, oh, wow. Like, damn, they got this thing close as they could. But then Philadelphia, second half, they hit another gear as expected. Philadelphia did what they're supposed to do. Now, with the Eagles, all year long, um, and I'll be honest, coming into the year, like when the year first started, week one, I didn't. I thought they would be pretty good. I picked them to win a division. Um, I thought, like I said, I thought they would be pretty good because you looked at their roster. The big question was Jalen Hurts. Is Jalen Hurts going to be good enough? Is he going to take that leap where this Eagles roster can, you know, live up to the potential? And boy, did he ever take the leap! But coming into the year, I, I didn't really necessarily see the Eagles as a Super Bowl team. Like, I didn't see them like, yeah, this is a team that can make – I thought this is a team that could win a playoff game or two. Um, That was just prior to the year before the season started. But week six, seven, around that week six, seven, eight mark, like halfway through the season, you know, they're 6-0, and they're 7-0, and they're 8-0. They, you know, they're the only team – they're the only undefeated team remaining. You know, you got a good feel and a good sense on them. You're like, yeah – they're they're good, they're good enough to be a Super Bowl team. You saw that, um, I, and even as we got closer and closer to the playoffs, um, and as the year as the regular season was winding down, 
I did have my questions and thoughts about like, hey, can they play from behind? But like they're the best in terms of opening drives and opening quarters. They're the best offense in football in terms of opening drives. So they get off to really hot starts. They get off to fast and quick starts, which really sets the tempo and the flow for the, of the game. Um, but all year I have said Philadelphia has been the most consistent team. I always tell you guys, just because they're the most consistent doesn't necessarily mean they're the best. But up until this point, they have been the most consistent. And you can say they have been the best. They have been the best team in football throughout the year, throughout the majority of the year, they have looked like the best team in football. Um, I think Cincinnati is a little bit more balanced. I don't think they're necessarily the best. I think Philadelphia has been the most consistent. I think Kansas City has the best player. You know what I mean? So, like, that's like that's where I get at with Philadelphia. But, you know, as the season wind down and you ask me, am I surprised that the Eagles made the Super Bowl? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Like, their O-line was very dominant. Uh, you got to give props where props are due. Nick Sirianni, he feeds into what this team is. They're physical. It's a very – they're like, it's a Philadelphia – it's your classic Philadelphia team where they got, you know, we, we weren't so – when Nick Sirianni got the job, you know, we there were a lot of doubters, including me. I was like, I don't know. This guy looks nervous. Jalen Hurts, you guys know, I, I've had my questions about Jalen Hurts and so forth, and it's not to say that I didn't think he – I didn't think he could be a good quarterback in this at this in this league – but I did have my thoughts. I did have my questions in terms of like, you know, the down the field passing as in, I must say, I told you guys this last year, leading up to last year and even going into this year. And as it progressed, he got better as a passer. He he got progressively better as a down the field passer, as a pure passer. Not the best pure passer in football, obviously, but he is he's taking some dramatic steps and he's gotten really good. And granted, we can talk about how talented this Eagles roster is. It is really talented. It's really talent. Like I said, 17 pro bowlers. That's including starters and alternates. 17. So, like, obviously, they have hit. Like, Howie Roseman has done a great job in terms of the draft and hitting on these picks. And, get, and guess what? They're going to have a really good draft pick this year. But Jalen Hurts is a difference maker. I think it's clear to say, and it's appropriate to say that he is a difference maker in how this team plays and how their offense look. He is a difference maker. Yes, they have talent. Yes. I think there's some quarterbacks around the league that could do, that could be, that could play well, but Jalen hurts and his abilities, his own unique abilities and his, you know, being able to be mobile, be athletic, show off the athleticism, show the arm strength, show the improved down the field passing, I think it does add a difference, and it, it gives this this offense a different spark, even with all the talent. And that's what I think. That's what makes it so like that's that's what makes Philly so dangerous because they they hit you with something that you really don't necessarily see throughout the league. And you know what they're going to do. They're going to utilize, you know, offensive line. That's That's been their strength for some years now. They're going to utilize their tight ends. They, they've, they've had some really good tight ends over the past few years. They can they usually can run the football. 
They've added some outside weapons in terms of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So they can be a little bit more vertical than they have been in the past few years. They're a lot more vertical. I would say they're more vertical uh, than the team that won the Super Bowl a few years back where they got better. They got better outside perimeter players. They've, Like I said, they've always had the offensive line. They've always been able to run the football. They've always had good pair set of tight ends. But now they can they can get vertical. They can beat you over the top, and they got some they got some elite playmakers on the outside on the perimeter. So that's what really separates them. And they hit you with different looks, and you know what they're gonna do. You know their concepts and their passing concepts and schemes. But it's something you have to play multiple times. Just simple as that. You have to play multiple times. So next up, we got the Chiefs and uh, Bengals, and. <clears throat> First and foremost, I'll say this. Was the officiating uh, the best? No. It was not. Did the officials in the in some of the critical plays and flags and penalties that were called out that people were a little bit frustrated on and so forth, they were direct, they were like the right calls. Joe Burrow's intentional grounding, it was the correct call. Uh, the Patrick Mahomes late hit that then gave the Chiefs an extra 15 yards, um, which made uh, definitely that Buckner field goal uh, makeable for them to win the game. That was the right call. Now, we can argue on terms of judgment and, like, as a referee, do you make that call? But I don't know what type of president you are setting. Um, If you don't make that call because Mahomes was – Two feet out of bounds, going out of bounds, and then the linebacker hit him. So, like, by rule, that is the correct call. We may not like the outcome because the outcome of that call gave the Chiefs an extra 15 yards, which made it, uh, you know, like I said, an easier, makeable field goal for Harrison Buckner. Uh, I think it was like a 45-yarder. So, like, that 15 yards really paid dividends. We may not have liked the outcome, but I think that's the right call. You can't I don't I don't think you can you know get around that. Like that was the right call. I know people were, you know, a bit confused how the Chiefs were able to get three tries, three hints at the third and nine. Um, I think it was like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, something like that. Um and the Chiefs they had like they had three opportunities, three chances, three goals at a third and nine to convert. And I know people are like, how in the hell they get three tries? Well, there was a holding call. Um, I know one time the referee tried to stop the actual play, but it didn't get stopped, you know? Um, and you ask me, you ask yourself, did the Chiefs actually pick up the third and nine? No. So it didn't play a, didn't play a huge role. I know I know a lot of people are saying, well, the refs missed the Joe Burrow late hit. They did. They did. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, refs miss calls, but that's just that's just that's just how the game goes. Um, the intentional grounding. It 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 was it was it the right call? Once again, yes. Do you want to make that call? No, but I believe that that play after on third and nine, 
Joe Burrow and the Chiefs still converted on that third down, and they were able to move the ball. And it actually took time away from Patrick Mahomes in that last drive. So either way you slice it, was the officiating the best? Like I said, no. Some of the critical calls that were made, were they the correct calls? In my estimation and by rule, yes, they were the correct calls. I just don't, I think people as fan. I think people when fans and so forth, you know, I think we tend not to like the outcome of certain calls because it leads to certain things like that, that roughness, you know, that unnecessarily rough, unnecessary roughness or the personal foul that gave Kansas City that 45 yard field goal. Like, yeah, we don't like the outcome of it, but it was the call was right. That was the right call. Besides that, Kansas City, but uh, Cincinnati, I think these teams are just so evenly matched. I think if they were to play 10 more times, I think they probably split 5-5. Five, five. Like, I, I really do. I really do think these teams are really evenly matched. Um, I think can I think I think Cincinnati's a little bit more balanced. They didn't they didn't run the football. They haven't been running the football as well as they could because they're missing some guys. They missed some guys on the offensive line. Um, but the quarterback play, you know, we've had we've had Montana Elway, we've had those type of matchups, we've had Brady and Peyton Manning. We've we've had these type of matchups where the quarterback play and the court like just it don't gotta be like these guys are putting up 400 yards and four touchdowns. No, 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 no. But you just see some of the poise and you see some of the effort and you see some of the intangibles that these guys have, the toughness. It is absolutely amazing. Joe Burrow, time and time again, when it is time to make a play, and granted he lost, but when it's time to make a play, he makes a play. And he can see, like, this team, like Cincinnati, the culture difference, the cultural difference that Joe Burrow has made in Cincinnati, it is night and day. And it's honestly, it's hard to put a price on that. It's really hard to put a price on that. Kansas City, you look at Mahomes, ankle all bummed out, um, missing three receivers. You look at what can't like Lord, and it made me th- like it made me think about the AFC and the, the landscape of the AFC because I think these are the two best quarterbacks. I think Mahomes is he has the total package. He checks all of the boxes. We are just in awe of the talent, but then now. We've always been in awe of the talent, but unlike about two, three years ago, we there was still a mental thing where Mahomes still had to like be able to pick apart and certain concepts and pick and shoot. You know, now he has he's always had the physical tools and gifts. Now he's at a peak. He's at his peak mentally. He's mentally thinking the game out. And it is all just coming together. And it is something I I honestly think we have never seen at the quarterback spot. I honestly think it's not it's something that we've never seen at the quarterback spot. And he has no holes and flaws in his game. At times, can his mechanics get out of whack? Uh, at times. Um, you saw some of that last year, but you didn't really see you didn't see a lot of that this year. There's, there's, he has no holes in his game. 
and you hear how players talk about Mahomes. You hear like you hear how former players talk about Mahomes that actually digest the game and watch film and so forth. He has no holes in his game. You look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, not saying he is this guy, but he reminds you a lot of Tom Brady, where it's not the flashy talent that 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 you know that has you that have your mouth open. It's not it's not the the flashiness, not the athleticism, but it's the it's the repetition of reps and just the footwork. I mean, just a mechanic like like just the mechanics are really good. Just the precise short passing game, the precise medium game, being able to take shots, doesn't necessarily have the biggest arm, but like, you know, it's good enough. You see those two. So I think these are the two top quarterbacks in the AFC, in the NFL, period. But then you look at the rest of the AFC and the quarterback play, you look at uh, obviously a a Josh Allen, uh, just physically gifted. I think I call him this generation's Brett Favre. Uh, you look at Justin Herbert. You look at Trevor Lawrence. Both of those two guys are pretty similar. You look at Lamar Jackson, um, uh, Deshaun Watt. Like you, there's just so, so, so. Like the quarterback play is so deep in the AFC. And I think as I look at both, as I watch both conferences, both the best teams in both conferences. You look at Philadelphia and the 49ers and just the NFC in a in a grand scheme of things. It's about roster construction. Uh, not saying that the AFC don't have good coaching, but a lot of it, you look at the NFC, it's about roster construction, coaching, X's and O's, the details and so forth. Whereas you look at the AFC, it's about the quarterback play. Because let's be honest, you put Dak in the AFC, he doesn't win twelve. He doesn't win 11, 12 games on a yearly basis. He just doesn't. He can do that in the NFC because the NFC is a little bit, you know. There, the Cowboys got a talented roster. It's not so much that that conference play. It's not so much dependent on the quarterback play. That's my point. Where in the NFC, you can win if you're a great enough coach and you got you know some pieces in certain spots. You can win nine, ten games with. With Daniel Jones, Brian Dayball, point in case, you know you got you got some you got a, got a couple good receivers in a mediocre division. You can win 10, 11, 12 games with Kirk Cousins. It's a little bit difficult to do that, and and <laughs> it's a little different. It's a little, lot more difficult to do that in the AFC, where I think the AFC it's more dependent on quarterback play. We don't we don't love Brandon Staley like. I think we got. I think all of us have gotten to a point where, like, we're not huge on Brandon Staley. Even for me, as a guy, like, I was a Brandon Staley fan. I was a fan of the hire, but we're now two years in, and I'm like, okay, not a huge, not huge on Brandon Staley, but Justin Herbert still got him to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, Sean McDermott is he the is he the best? He's a good coach. Sean McDermott's a good coach. But is he the best fit for Josh Allen? Uh, not really sure. Because ever since Brian Dayball left, there has been a drop-off in Josh Allen's performance. Not to say that Sean McDermott can't coach, but is he the best fit? I'm not sure. But Buffalo is still just good enough. Josh Allen is still just good enough. He like it may not be the best fit, 
but he's still good enough to overcome that. So a lot of the AFC, like the, a lot of the AFC, it's just about quarterback play, literally. And I look at the NFC, it's about like roster construction. The 49ers have constructed a really good roster. Jalen Hurts, yes, has improved, but Philadelphia has constructed a damn good roster and they have many assets to hold on to, or they can just move on from and, you know, get better, even more. They can get even better. You know, Dallas, for the most part, you know, we, we, we killed Jerry because he overpays for certain players, but in the grand scheme of things, he drafts pretty well. Cowboys draft pretty well. So, like, you look at um, a team like Minnesota, like, you know, they, they've they got some holes on their defense, but they drafted pretty well. You look at the, the Seahawks, young, but they have drafted pretty well. And so a lot of it in the NFC is not not to say that the quarterback play isn't good, but the, the, the best quarterback play in the league is certainly in the AFC. Um, the AFC arguably has – the top three quarterbacks, top four, top five quarterbacks in football right now. Um, in the NFC, it's about roster construction. It's about coaching. It's about the X and O's. And that's what you saw in this game where the quarterback play is just amazing. Like the quarter, like we, I think Daniel Jones, I thought he improved this year, but you know, we talk about Daniel Jones and the Giants problem. We're like, oh man, Daniel Jones could use another receiver. Oh man, Daniel Jones could use a, upgraded offensive line and here we're watching Joe Burrow and Matt Mahomes Joe Burrow he's missed he got makeshift offensive lines back-to-back years um I mean hell last year they didn't even have an offensive line this year they're just missing some good players on their line but still makeshift um you, you look at Mahomes he's missing three receivers and a, a running back and a line he's missing his best linebacker you so like it's apples and oranges we were praising Mahomes and jo- and Joe Burrow for overcoming these situations where they don't have their best offensive linemen. They don't have their, you know, three, their top three receivers. You know, they, Joe Burrow, he was missing Tyler Boyd. And I know he still has Higgins and, and Jamar Chase, but he was missing Tyler Boyd. You know, stuff like that where, like, we praise those. We praise jo- Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes for overcoming that stuff. But then we look at Daniel Jones. We're like, man, if Daniel Jones could just get a receiver uh, or if Dak, if Dak had Tony Pollard, like it's apples and oranges. The quarterback play is a lot better in the AFC and um, the NFC. It's a lot of roster. It's, it's relied upon a lot of roster construction, getting the right coach um, because quite frankly, the quarterback play just isn't as good. It's like, we got elite. We're getting elite quarterback play in the AFC, and that's what you saw in the AFC Championship game. Despite all of the issues, um, and obviously Kansas City got a, Andy Reid is phenomenal, but Mahomes is just overcoming certain situations where it's like, whoa, like Dak, Dak, Dak couldn't even overcome losing Tony Pollard for a couple quarters. Mahomes is on a bad ankle. Missing his best linebacker, missing three of his receivers. Not to mention he they the, the Chiefs traded away Tyreek Hill for future assets and so forth. Like, and we talking about Dak is missing Tony Pollard. We're talking about Daniel Jones. Man, what if he can just get enough receiver? 
apples and oranges. And I'll say this about Kansas City. Um, and looking at the Super Bowl, Kansas City, and this this is where the Tyreek Hill trade. It's like you see the good. Obviously, they're missing with Tyreek Hill. They were absolutely electric and dynamic as hell. Electric and dynamic as hell with Tyreek Hill. Without him, they miss that electrifying quick score, that quick punch. They're missing it. They're still really good offensively. I mean, they're missing that portion of their offense, but they still finish with the number one offense in football. (laughs) So it's like, you know. But with the Tyreek Hill trade, they have become a little bit more balanced. Compared to about two, three years ago, the Chiefs were very top-heavy. It was very Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, like, and then everybody else. Now they have become more balanced, and I think this is credit to Brent Beach in the front office in Kansas City where, granted, Tyreek Hill, this is supposed to be like a quote-unquote, like, reload year for Kansas City, their reload year, they're back in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it was supposed to be a reload year, and they're back in the Super Bowl. Um, But, like, they got seventh rounders, fourth rounders, making plays, picking off Joe Burrow. Like, they're balanced. They're, they're, the roster balance is a little – like, the roster construction is a lot more balanced than what it was two, three years ago Um, when Mahomes first took over the starting job. I will say that about Kansas City. Um, but I don't want to hold you guys too long. This is supposed to be an instant reaction of what I saw through our conference championship weekend. Obviously, Super Bowl, we're going to be locked in, super locked in these next two weeks. I think both teams could use two weeks of rest and getting well and getting players back healthy. Um, but uh, without further ado, I'll let you guys go. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'll be back later this week. This is supposed to just be a quick little instant reaction. Peace, deuces. Always remember two choices, one decision. I'm out.